0: to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello out there, and welcome to another episode of the Principles of Success podcast. Today, I am joined by Principal Christy Flores, an award-winning principal from Southern California. She is one of eight, yes, eight principals across the entire country to receive the prestigious Terrell Bell Award for Exceptional Leadership. In our conversation, you'll get to hear about her leadership journey and how she's building community in her school. Let's get started. All right. Welcome, Christy Flores, to the podcast. So glad to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure. I will admit this is my first podcast interview, so I am just honored and really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, I'm honored that you would accept this invitation, so I'm so glad everyone listening is going to learn about you and the amazing things that you've done. So ready to get started? Yes, let's do it. All right. Fantastic. Well, let's start by telling everyone how amazing you are. Give us a little bit of your background and tell us about you.
1: Mm, Thank you. I grew up loving school, and uh, I think I knew early on that I wanted to go into education. I was fortunate to get hired as a teacher right after I finished college and finished my credential at Chico State. And I was hired as a fourth grade teacher in Orange County, California, in Newport-Mesa Unified School District. And I think within the first couple of years of teaching, I also realized that I was very interested in becoming an administrator. So I started that journey of taking on any leadership roles I could get my hands on to within my school site and, and went back to school to receive my master's. I had the pleasure of teaching at three very different elementary schools. I was curious about just getting different experiences. and I loved my time in the classroom. I taught first, third, and fourth grades along with a 4 or5 combo class. And uh, over time, I would interview. and uh, it took me a couple times to get hired, I will admit, as a principal, but it was a really unique situation where I was hired as a principal halfway through the school year at the school I was teaching at. So that was quite a journey. Besides school, a little bit about myself. I have been married to my best friend for 12 years now. He is a high school history teacher and football coach at the school right next door to mine. And we have two kids that keep us on our toes. Isabel is seven and in first grade. And then our son, Isaiah, is four And definitely keeps us moving. He is in preschool.
0: So one thing I love about the story that you just mentioned is how you shared it took a couple tries before that principal spot came along, but how lovely that you were in the right place all along that you became principal at the school where you were teaching at. So I love that your home became your real home that you ended up leaving there. So thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people listening sometimes wonder when they're going to get that right job but it's really about the right fit.
1: It really is and I know that it can be extremely frustrating and sometimes discouraging going through that process, but I really learned to trust the process that each opportunity was a chance to grow and learn and I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason and I'm extremely grateful To have been at my school site as a principal for the past nine years.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So recently
0: you had a big celebration. You received the Terrell Bell Award. Now, this is a national award for anyone who's listening and does hasn't heard about this, but it's only given, correct me if I'm wrong, to 10 principals throughout the country. Is that right?
1: So close. So this year it was given to eight of the Okay, even more amazing. Yes, it was extremely humbling and honestly somewhat overwhelming uh, Mm. to receive this recognition as I was selected as one of eight of the 325 Blue Ribbon school principals this year. And I really attribute it to my team. I think anything done well is done as a team. And I am extremely fortunate to work with the best team from home to my staff is amazing. They're so supportive. I am fortunate to work with a great community who works alongside me. And then I work in a district with amazing leaders and have really learned not only from them, but also just through networking events and have done my best to take and learn from all the amazing leaders out there in our country.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to take a moment to just fangirl out for a second because yes, you are one of eight and just, I hope you feel all the outpouring of congratulations of everybody who's listening to this right now, just coming your way. So amazing hats off to you for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. So if I read right, part of the reason you received the honor was because of the importance of community building and outreach you created at your school site, and I would love to hear about that. So to help give us context to our chat today, could you tell us maybe a little bit about your school? Because I think that'll help set the background.
1: Absolutely. Talking about my school is one of my favorite topics, so (laughs) that is not a problem. I have the privilege of working at Davis Magnet School. It's a public school in Newport Mesa Unified School District. Uh, We're located in Costa Mesa. And our school is unique where we are not your typical neighborhood school. The attendance at our school is based on a computerized lottery system. And really, the only requirement to apply in that lottery system is to live within our district boundaries. So we have the privilege of serving almost 600 uh, preschool through sixth grade students from all across Newport Beach and Costa Mesa. We have a really amazing staff consisting of about 75 staff members. And Um, I'm really proud of the work that our teachers and staff do. They're extremely creative in their planning And I think they do a really great job at integrating the content standards just across the different areas with a special emphasis in math, science, and technology.
0: Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So because you're outreaching to this broad area, I can get why just building a close-knit community would be important but also difficult to do is that why this has been such a focus area for you
1: absolutely and i think it's important no matter what school you know we're working at i or district or organization i i think it's really important for everybody to remember like we are in the people business i know mm-hmm. that sometimes we can get overwhelmed and you know we do need to be focusing on on the standards, the curriculum, all the different resources, but it's really important to focus on that community and relationships. So therefore, yes, as a commuter school where we have students who have to provide their own transportation and are coming from, you know, various communities within our district, it has been really important for us as a team to build that sense of community.
0: Absolutely. So let's get into some of the ways you're doing that. I'd love to start with just families and ways that you're building community
1: with them. Sure. So I'm going to give a couple of different strategies that, you know, because our school has been open as a magnet school for 13 years now. You know, I credit our founding principal and the work that he did at the very beginning. And then I really attribute it to my team, you know, we have continued that great work. So one of the things that we started off with at the very beginning and continued pre-COVID were daily in-person flag decks. And so what that consisted of was parents, when they would drop their students off at school, they could stay and students would light up on the blacktop I would be up there announcing the daily birthdays, uh, making announcements for upcoming events. We'd all say the Pledge of Allegiance together and then sing a monthly patriotic song. It was a great opportunity for parents to come talk with one another, connect on a daily basis. Another thing that I have really enjoyed doing, and this was definitely pre-COVID, was, you know, as a parent myself, I really empathize and recognize how hard it is to be a parent. And so one of my passions has been to support parents and to provide a safe space for them to learn and talk and to gain extra tools. So I would organize monthly parent book club meetings, around Mm -hmm. books that I would select based on our school-wide theme, such as one year it was around developing your child's growth mindset. Another was building empathy within our children. So hosting those book clubs, both online and in person, as well as leading workshops based on topics that parents would share with me that they wanted to learn more about. For example, how to raise responsible caring digital citizens. So that's another idea. I've also really depended on social media. Social yes. media has been such an easy and powerful tool for my staff and I to share our school story. I figure mm-hmm. and have watched other school leaders, you know, tell their school stories and we all know people are going to talk about our schools. I want to give them, you know, what I want them to be talking about. And there's so many amazing people and events and accomplishments happening within our school sites. So it's been a great way just to connect and to celebrate those accomplishments
0: hmm I love hearing about that because listeners will know I'm such a proponent of social media and controlling your narrative because you're right. People are going to talk about it regardless. So you might as well have a voice in that story. So I love that. I do want to ask you a question about the book clubs. That's a fascinating idea. Can you share any specific titles that you've used?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the first year that I led the book club was The Gift of Failure. Jessica Leahy, I believe is the author. The second year, uh, the book that we used was Unselfie by Michelle Borba. That mm. was a huge hit with our parents. And there's also several different tools. So I kind of, it made it easier on myself to plan yeah. it because there were just some guiding questions. And I led that book club with our parents as well as our staff. And it was super helpful. Michelle Borba, I was able to actually connect with her as well. And she was just such a fantastic resource for our community. That's
0: amazing. Is there a time of year when you do the book club or is it over the duration of the entire
1: school year? Sure. When I was doing it pre-COVID, it was over the entire school year. I think something that I learned throughout this was You know, we as principals, we already have so much on our plates that, (laughs) you know, when I would come up with these ideas, I learned that I really needed to make sure that it was manageable for the time that I had. So I wasn't stretching myself too thin. And so what worked for my schedule was I would pick out, you know, the last Friday of every month and host these book clubs within our multi-purpose room, provide refreshments, raffle off other books and resources for parents. But for myself, just found it was easier to spread it out over the course of the school year.
0: Yeah, that's great. So those were some pre-COVID strategies. I'm sure you've made a pivot now to, now with the virtual learning, what types of things are you doing with your community?
1: So just like everyone, you know, it was such a frenzy to make that pivot. And I was so proud of our team and so proud of our parents and most importantly, our students as to how they adapted. So fortunately, because I was already using social media pre COVID, that was a really easy space for me to use where I would record videos and get out those messages to try to remind and bring parents and students that sense of normalcy during a very not normal time. So I shifted all of our flag decks to virtual and recorded videos. We would have video messages for Wellness Wednesday, fitness challenges. We made our award ceremonies virtual. My teachers were amazing and agreed to do our lunch bunch virtual as well. And so it was really cool to, you know, thinking back on that time to see the ideas that our teachers and our parents came up with. You know, one of the things that our foundation put together was virtual family cooking class. Virtual paint night that was led by one of our teachers. And then, as we've shifted to a hybrid model last year, and we are back in person, changing different events and hosting, you know, a golf event outside, holiday craft event, which was outside. And also, you know, the final thing that I would share is just, you know, now that our students are back on campus and our parents will be returning to campus soon. I was so appreciative of their flexibility and just their continued dedication and support where we -hmm. would have parents who would be Zooming into the classrooms, reading aloud to the students or sharing their expertise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've really had to spend some time thinking about what are our continued priorities? How do we want to continue to support our students and our families? And then what are ways that we can think outside the box to make that continue to happen?
0: Yeah, I love it. Now, one thing I want to explore with you is is something very different than principals don't really explore at their school site, but you created a foundation and that's, you're going to tell us how much work that is, I know. So it's not for
1: the faint of heart, but tell us why you did that and how you went about it. Sure. There were definitely growing pains. And I am happy to, you know, if if there are other principals that find themselves, I'm happy to talk to them and really go through the logistics with them. But I wanted to start a foundation really because I wanted to provide additional resources and connections for our school community. We already had a very strong, established and amazing PTA. But I knew that with the foundation, there were different opportunities to raise money, to bring in additional resources to our school, to better support our students and our staff, but then also additional ways to just build those connections with our community. So I was fortunate to have some amazing and dedicated and well-educated parents within my community who partnered with me. And... You know, it was so great because they really worked with me and worked with our staff and they stayed focused on what were the priorities, what were the needs of our students and our teachers. And there were some challenging meetings, you know, early on, but I am so proud of what we have been able to accomplish as a foundation and really that increased and strengthened relationship between our PTA, between our foundation, and that the two of them have continued to work towards the same common goal of supporting our students and our staff. Right. So
0: what are some of the things that's come from the creation of this foundation? How has it benefited your school?
1: Absolutely. So an obvious one would be increased funds where I have been able to raise additional money and that money had um, I was able to hire additional people to support my students. I have always been a firm believer that the most important resource at any school is people. And so I, I was fortunate to do that. Also developing our robotics program through our foundation providing enrichment opportunities and where they have funded, for example, our sixth grade medical residency day program where they're funding that enrichment opportunity where we have sixth graders dissecting sheep hearts. There aren't any other elementary schools in the local area where their sixth graders are, are doing this type of program. Just really providing those additional resources, the enrichment opportunities you know, they had received a donation from a local organization that donated a kiln. So building up our art program, performing arts program. So again, it really goes back to providing additional resources and learning opportunities for the students.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So if a principal wants to start bringing or building a larger community,
1: how would you
0: suggest they start? What would you recommend?
1: So I think the most important part is in the very beginning to be very intentional with your time and spend time getting to know your people, including your staff, your students and parents. And throughout that and those many conversations, determining what are the strengths and areas of need and then really working with the community to develop a clear plan to address those needs and focusing on the long and short term goals. Something that has really helped me is really building capacity within our team and within our community and, you know, determining what are those strengths? What are those passions within our community members? And then giving them the opportunities to, to share those, which thus has brought us together in a variety of ways and You know, I think throughout it all, it's really important to have clear, consistent communication so everybody knows what's going on, the steps that we're taking, the goals that we've have, that have accomplished and, you know, celebrating those accomplishments too. And also, you know, final thing throughout it all, it can be so challenging, but also to find those moments of joy. And to have fun throughout the process of, mm-hmm. of building the community. I think the best part of our job as leaders and as principals is getting to work with the people within our community. I love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this conversation so much. I'm taking away tons. So Christy, one thing we do to wrap up our podcast is we have a little fun with our fast five. So I'm just going to shoot out some questions for you. And in one word or sentence, just hit me with whatever comes to mind first, because this tells us a little more about you. So favorite leadership book.
1: Okay. This one was a tough one. I am a huge Brené Brown fan. But I will say a book that has come to mind and that I have been reintroduced recently was Culturize by Jimmy Mm, Casas. I love that book. Yeah. Love it. So great. Favorite app. Oh, okay. I think my favorite app is actually Peloton. And I say that because I love my bike, but I love the app. And I have used that app Pretty much every day for the past two years. And it has done more for me physically and mentally than any other app during some very stressful times.
0: That is fantastic. You might inspire me to get back on my bike. I don't All right. Know. All right. Best <laughs> <laughs> Amazon find for work.
1: I know this one isn't flashy or creative or anything, but what I use Amazon the most for for work is purchasing gift cards for my staff. I love to, you know, either raffle them off during random trivia or just throughout the year, but just giving them that little, you know, something where they can go and purchase whatever they need to for themselves or their classroom.
0: Everybody loves an Amazon gift card. Yes, everybody. Yep. Favorite song to put you in a good mood.
1: Okay. I have a lot of different artists and genres that I love, but... I think a classic for me is Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. I love it.
0: I love it. And for those of you who aren't seeing us on video right now, that makes so much sense because behind Christy are colorful dots and amazing mantras and just the vibe of I want to dance with somebody. I just got to say that right
1: now. It's fantastic.
0: (laughs) All right. And last one, one tip you would tell your first year principal self.
1: (sighs) Oh. I would say focus on progress, not perfection.
0: So good. And just
1: know that uh, you will never, ever please everyone. Yes. Amen mm-hmm. to that one.
0: Christy, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I love connecting with others on Twitter and I depend on uh, other Educators out there on Twitter. So, uh, my Twitter handle is at Mrs. C. Flores, F L O R E S. And that is really the best way to connect.
0: Fantastic. We will link that in our show notes. Christy, you are amazing. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and sharing about you and your school. And congratulations again.
1: Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And uh, I hope people just enjoy. This and again, just really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you, Principal Christy Flores, for sharing your story and your passion for building community. I seriously can't wait to see what you do next. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will be back again next week with another great episode. In the meantime, pop over to principlesofsuccess.com to see complete show notes from this episode and others. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.